Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Welcome to hour number three of our weekly radio broadcast. This is our open line hour, whatever you, the Arizona homeowner, want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin. one 767 That's one 888 for you Text questions can be sent to 411-923 during the broadcast only. That's not something we monitor outside of the broadcast. That's something specific to this, our flagship radio station. So during broadcast only, text 411-923, or if you'd like to uh, send us an image you need to help identifying or explaining what it is you're working on, send an image to info at rosieonthehouse.com. And we've brought in a couple special guests today, a few heavy hitters in the energy efficiency world, the father of supercooling, Steve Kep of Advanced Home Systems. Y'all have heard him on this broadcast many times. And another name you've heard on this radio program before, Rosie. He and Steve are going to Take over the mics and talk about supercooling and energy efficiency in your home in an Arizona summer. Gentlemen. Thanks, Romy. Appreciate that. We're in that time of year where we are flooded, inundated with questions about how to beat my summer cooling bill. We've got homeowners all over the desert floor curious on how to beat the man. How can I get my cooling done for next to nothing? Well, the right answer to that is you can't. So we're we're here with Mr. Steve Kep and Miss Gina Kep. Thank y'all for joining us this morning. You're welcome, Rosie. Thank you, Rosie. And y'all have been in it, I mean, uh, longer than I've been in it. And it's just humorous in some ways and sad in some ways. By the time you or I get the phone call, it's a homeowner that spent $10,000 or more on window packages, insulation packages, new high-efficiency air conditioning units, all for the sake of saving a couple bucks cooling their house in the summer. Correct. Yep, that's amazing. And where I'm trying to get everybody's attention to today is... Those aren't necessarily bad things. Those are all things your home very well could need. But there are other places to start, like don't spend a dime right. and see a return on investment of over 100%. Right. Do the free thing first. <laughs> where, would, where would we start, Steve? The very first and most important thing is rate selection. Most people are aware there are time-of-use rates. Uh, Scares them to death. It does. Scares them to death. It's the most economical rates out there. They should really embrace them, if you ask me, because the cost on those are substantially less. Virtually every utility in the state offers them. Correct. Yes, sir. And the time uh, on-peak times will differ from utility to utility. Like APS is 3 o'clock till 8, and SRP is 1 o'clock till 8 as on peak periods, but definitely embrace that time of use rate because on those rates, they're selling you power 85% of the time for a cost that goes back to the 70s. So take advantage of that. Uh, Most people, what they don't do correctly in the supercooling, if you ask me, is they think, how warm can the house get before I'm uncomfortable, when they really should focus, how cool can I keep this house before before I get uncomfortable? uncomfortable? 
and it scares them. It does. It scares them to hear that air conditioning running. Yes, it does. Uh, and they're actually, but you're buying power at 85% below the going rate. Correct. In all the rates that are out there, Steve, from all the utility companies, what's the most I can pay for a kilowatt? The most is 24 cents. Well, they actually have one that's 58 cents, but oh. nobody's ever been on it. <laughs> Holy cow. But 24 cents is the standard on-peak kilowatt hour cost. Okay. Off-peak, how cheap can I get it down to? SRP's off-peak is 3.9 cents. So I can buy exactly the same amount of electricity for three cents or for 24 cents. Correct. Big difference. But duh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, y'all's example, I think, is the best. When y'all ask people, look, if the filling station down the street is going to sell gas for $3 a gallon between 8 p.m. and 3 p.m., and between 3 p.m. and 8 p.m., they're going to sell it for $25 a gallon. When are you going to buy gas? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. It's exactly the same thing. It, it definitely is. And the people that don't go on a time of use, they're now paying the higher rate anyhow. So there's really, if you're on a standard flat rate, there's no downside to going to a time of use rate. If you go to it and do nothing to alter your lifestyle, your bill will probably still be less. Any standard rate. Go to a time of use yes, plan. Absolutely. Don't change one. Uh, and you can do that with a phone call. Yes. Yes. And how much does it cost to change plans? Zero. Zero. You can do so, it once every year. So you can change plans and for no cost and probably see your summer cooling bill go down virtually immediately. Immediately. If, the budget plan confuses that. It, it really does. The yeah. other day uh, I was listening to your show and Romy had a guy on that had his equalizer and it was 325 in a 2,000 square foot home. Yeah. What he probably doesn't realize is his high summer bill is 550. Yeah, it's 600. Yeah. <laughs> but all he sees is that equalizer. So that does kind of skew people uh, in their thinking of their electric bill. There's an argument for that. But as purists trying to work the science of power consumption, it makes it very complicated. Yes, it does. It's hard to get a homeowner instructed the right way to buy power, when to buy power, and what to do with it when you have it, much less understand the bill, which you have to understand if you go to the equalizer because they're constantly balancing that thing back 13 months and bringing it forward again, and it gets very confusing. Well, and we found a lot of our customers last year, APS made a major change in their rates in May of last year, which if people were watching their electric bills, they would have immediately seen it on their very next bill. Yeah. But they didn't. They waited for that equalizer to go up, 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 and here we are a year later, and the equalizer has gone up $150, and that's only because they weren't watching their monthly bill as to what is my actual bill this month. I don't care about the 12-month average, really. I tell you, when NAPS is our biggest utility provider, I don't want to pick on them. Power in Arizona is, see, if you're smart about it, power in Arizona is still pretty darn cheap. And who wouldn't want their air conditioner to come on in June, July, or August 
at 1.30 in the afternoon when it's getting pretty warm. So I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but when they made some major changes in the plans that they were offering last year, it scared me to death. But it ended up not being as big and bad a thing as I thought it was going to. And I agree. I was expecting a much higher increase in people's bills, and uh, there was a substantial increase in some bills, but nothing like I was expecting. Yeah. The thing I like to tell people when they call me and they say, I'm, I'm trying to work on my, my electric, they call it the electric bill, right? And I said, well, you're trying to work on the electric bill all year long, or are you happy with it in January, February, March? Oh, no, it's nothing then. It's... It's the summer. I said, well, that's your cooling bill. Right. That's not your electric bill. So we've got to figure out a way to cut your cooling. And if we let the cooler run at $0.03 cents a kilowatt instead of $0.24 cents a kilowatt, it can run eight times longer for the same amount of money. That's right. Exactly. It can run eight times as long. And you can store energy. Energy is energy. A BTU is a BTU, cooling is cooling, and it can be stored. And the best way to store that three cent off-peak kilowatt hour to use during on-peak is by keeping your structure nice and cool. And that's why super cooling. And I'd rather think, uh, I'd call it comfortable cooling. Because super cooling insinuates you're gonna freeze. And I always expect my house, we keep it 71, we allow it to float to 78, a seven degree difference. Uh, we've got clients out there keep it 65, yeah. and they allow it to go to 85. They don't have to turn that air on at, at all. all during on-peak. They have a 98% shift of power to off-peak. So 98% of their bill is 3 cent kilowatt hours. And that's one of the things I'd like to talk to people about. You know, I was originally introduced to the concept of supercooling back in the 70s as a water skier at Soar Lake <laughs> because we would take the ice chest the night before and throw blocks of ice in them. And then the morning we head out to the lake, we'd put our soda pops in our water and another bag of ice, and the ice would last twice as long because we pre-cooled. That was before Yetis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And But you would pre-cool your ice chest. And we're asking you to do exactly the same thing in your home. When the power's cheap, bring the thermostat down and let it cool the carpeting, the upholstery, all the clothes hanging in the, the foundation, closet, yes. the foundation, the, the inside of all the walls, and let it become a thermal mass of cool commodity. Correct. And then 3 o'clock hits and your air conditioners sleep for the majority of the my air conditioners except when it goes over 112 113 mine will click back on but until we go over 110 my air conditioners shut off at 245 in the afternoon and they don't come back on till 815 yeah yeah and most of our real super cooling clients will do that yeah the ones that are looking for a little more comfort they should really set thermostat at 71 when on-peak hits, radiates it to 78 or 80, yeah. let it stay there, and as soon as off-peak hits, bring it right back down again and leave it there. So we're talking about how to save money on your cooling 
bill in the summer. And the number one most cost-effective way to do that is make sure you're buying power on the right plan. And if your car buying to-do is up this weekend, you can do that at Sanderson Ford. They're open now. It is 920. If you missed it earlier in the 7 o'clock hour, you're, you're not an early bird up with us. At 8 o'clock, you heard about all the great specials and deals going on today at Sanderson Ford. And next week, we've got the Hootenanny Sale. It's an anniversary of their, their 64th anniversary, and they're doing it old school style with a Hootenanny Sale that they've actually got pictures from 60 years ago where they would have the actual hoot nanny they were really using that word and they would bring entertainers out they're doing that again next weekend we'll be out there broadcasting live it's not just a one-day event it starts on the 18th uh so if you've got if it's not on your to-do this weekend schedule next weekend come out and join us for the 64th anniversary hoot nanny sale at sanderson ford that's 51st avenue south of glendale avenue in glendale Sanderson Ford. If you want to make your move, you gotta play it cool. Now, what's that rule? Play it cool. Well, thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House. We're here this morning with our good friends Steve and Gina Kep from Advanced Home Systems. You've heard me talking about them for years and years as it relates to saving money on your summer cooling bill with their management computer, which I happen to have on every property I own, and you should as well. One of the things that scares people, Steve, when we talk about managing their power consumption is getting on the right plan. And we feel like for the great majority of homeowners in their own home, they should be on a demand-type power plan. Correct. Charges you one rate for power in a peak slot, and then one much lower rate off-peak. And then what scares people about that is that the utility companies then add what's called a demand demand charge. Demand charge. And, you know, you have two air conditioners and a pool pump turn on within five minutes of each other on peak. You could hit a pretty high peak, even if it only lasts for a little while. And then that high peak is what the utility company charges you, surcharges you, for the entire month. Right. So managing demand is scary to most homeowners. It is because they envision, you'll have to shut off my air conditioners and I'll definitely notice this and I can't dry clothes and I can't cook and all the things that you would imagine. Uh, However, the truth once you have it on your house is you keep your house at a very cool temperature. Cooler the better, that's up to you. Set your thermostat, leave it. You should never notice our our equipment shutting anything off. It'll shut your water heater off, but you'll never notice it because it comes back on as you're using hot water. You'll never be without hot water. It may shut off air conditioners and bring them back on, but never to the point where your house warms up and is uncomfortable. It should never be brought to your attention that it's even on the house. Yeah, and when you fully understand the strategy of this buying off peak and keeping demand low. It's the wave of the future. All utility companies all across the country are going to be distributing their power. Absolutely. Just like in Europe, that's the only way they distribute power is those three factors, on peak, off peak, and demand. 
And so, yeah, that's another one where I think the consumer should embrace these demand rates because the beauty of a demand rate is the, the power is very inexpensive. Back to the 1960s, they're saying use all the power you want. Just watch what happens during these five-hour period of time that not all of your appliances come on together and drain our system or strain our system. And the energy management computer manages that automatically. You don't even have to think about it. Correctly. Correct. So one of the things that I like to tell people in trying to save money is before you spend thousands of dollars on the things you heard about at the home show – that are going to save you. And they always talk about, some of them have gotten smart. They used to always say, save on your electric bill, save on your electric bill. And Steve, I think you and I are due some of the credit for getting them to quit saying that. They're saving on their cooling bill, which is a much different bill. I tell people, look, look at your March bill, look at your October bill. That's probably your lowest, flattest, load you're going to have all year long. Correct. March is at rest. That's when you're not air conditioning, you're not heating. It's your base load for your house to operate. Your lights, your cooking, your TV, your computers. So the March load, take a look at it. Then take a look at your highest load in July, August, or September. The difference is your cooling bill. Yes. And surprisingly, when people look at that, they find out, I don't really use that much more power. I mean, you do because you're air conditioning, but what occurs in the summer is they increase the electric rates by 30%. So it appears your bill went up because of your air conditioner, when in fact the rates go up 30% in the summer months. I don't think many people know that either. No. No. The utility companies are allowed to up their rate. I'm sorry about the beginning of the cooling season. May 1st. Yeah. Until November 1st. So that's where homeowners develop the attitude, I want to beat the man. Right. (laughs) Yes. That's where it comes from. (laughs) Uh, And you can. And you can do it by spending much less probably than you think you have to. Don't wait to spend $10,000, $20,000, or $30,000 on cutting your electric bill to give an installer of an advanced home system energy management computer, a chance to get installed at your house and see what you can save just right out of the get-go. And they'll make sure you're on the right purchasing plan and get you all set up. It all comes with the price of the installation. So, Steve, Gina, thanks a million for joining us as we try and become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. (laughs) I agree, Rosie. Thank you very much to have us on the show, and it's so good to have you back. Let's cover one more thing. People accuse me of being a power hog because I use this strategy and that I'm going to cause APS and everybody else to start building other power plants. It's quite the opposite. It is definitely the opposite. I like to talk to people when they say that because you, when you do that, are going so far out of your way to have that grid run efficiently so they don't have to increase power costs. So, no, and your usage is not that much more than a person that raises and lowers thermostats all day long. So, absolutely no, you're doing one of the best things you can, in my opinion, for the environment and longevity of our power system. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve.
I blew right through the promotional giveaway. I apologize for all of our newsletter uh, subscribers. We do that at 920 and with Rosie and Steve, I, I completely just zoned past it. So uh, the trivia question, where was April's winning photo taken? If you have your Rosie on the House home maintenance calendar, we have a photo contest where we put a listener's photo in every month, which we're taking images for 2020 now. If you've got a great Arizona landscape or animal picture you can submit that at info at rosieonthehouse.com so where was april's winning photograph taken text the answer to 411-923 and we'll select a random right winner and send you on a couple of state parks passes good for any of arizona's 35 state parks don't use facebook a whole awful lot we primarily just links and resources for the broadcast but when something happens that can't wait for a saturday or doesn't fit into our weekly newsletter we use that platform to communicate to our listeners we had a gentleman in yuma that passed from a swarm of bees that consumed him and a couple years ago we had a great hour dedicated to bees and we posted the link to that audio there on what to do if you are and if you do get encountered by a swarm of bees most of the bees are africanized or have uh a mixed hybrid in them, and it's uh, your breath that really is, is is attracting. And when they sting, they release a pheromone that tells other bees come sting here. So once you get stung once, it just encourages more stings, and you you've got to run and try and keep your breath covered. Uh, pull your shirt over your head while you're running. Try and keep the bees out of your mouth and eyes, which makes it hard to run. Uh, but a great, great interview there. We posted that on our Facebook. But we've also brought another guest in now because it's it's been a wonderful wet season, Mr. Cross. It has been an amazing winter. I, I've never seen a six-month run quite like this. We had, what, the wettest October in Phoenix history. We had monumental snow up north. Um, pretty incredible. We're completely out of the drought. I mean, I think 2 or 3% of the state is in low-level drought right now. It was 100% in October 1st. So, And the reason the lakes aren't at 100% is they're keeping them drained to continue to catch the snowmelt. <laughs> yeah, and the, the reservoir system for SRP, those six reservoirs, is at 80% collectively. And last year, this time, they were about 60 and Roosevelt's at about 75%, and it was 47 at the first of the year. So it, it's been a great winter. And that's of the new elevation. What yeah. was it about five years ago they raised the dam height? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're in good shape. I mean, that, that one winter storm that rolled through in February probably added another year or two of water supply on top of what they already had. It was, it was incredible. And with the rain comes an incredible weed season. Yeah. With the weeds come incredible fire risk. Yeah, the desert is a big concern this year. I mean, we've seen you know several uh, brush fires popping up around Phoenix lately. They had the one west of Whitman the other day burned almost 400 acres. They had the one right off of the 101 at 15th Avenue the other day in that water retention basin. It burned 25 acres. Uh, but there is a lot of grass, brush, weeds, wildflowers. I mean, it's beautiful out there. But all the mountainsides around the valley are green right now. They won't be in about a month. No, so. they won't. And people are going to have to be very careful this year. Very careful, especially in the desert. Oh, and I hate litter out the windows, but cigarette butts, I mean, it blows my mind that somebody would even risk that. Uh, Chains, if you're towing something, make sure your chains aren't dragging those sparks. Driving off-road with a car when they get the hot muffler on the grass and brush, too. 
there was a time at Camp Geronimo they even eliminated horseback riding because they were so afraid. And this goes back to when I was in Boy Scouts in Geronimo in the 90s. They were so afraid of just even the spark of a metal horseshoe on a rock starting a fire. Oh, that's legitimate. Like, I, 2005, I was covering the Cave Creek Complex. It started uh, around Carefree. It burned a quarter of a million acres or 250,000, whatever mm. it was, 248. Too many. <laughs> and a few miles down the road at one of the golf courses, somebody had hit a club on a rock and started an acre brush fire. So so we, we had all of our people up at the Cave Creek fire sent another reporter down to that. It was crazy. Uh, and it seems like since the Rodeo Chetiskai fire, we've had the Wallow fire, we had the Cave Creek fire, all these massive acre burns. And you think, man, how there can't be anything left of the state to burn, but... We had 144,000 acres or mm-hmm. square miles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, northern Arizona and uh, New Mexico, that continuous stretch is the largest ponderosa pine stand in the world. So, you know, but as much as we burn, we still have a lot of forest left, and hopefully we keep it for a long time. But like you mentioned, we've had nine of the state's ten largest wildfires ever since 2002, starting with the Rodeo Chetiskai fire, and then you had the Wallow fire in 11 that burned more than a half a million acres, so... Um, we haven't had a big, big fire in a few years. Uh, we've had several, you know, considerable size, but no mega fires recently. Hopefully that stays that way. Hopefully it stays that way. And especially for our homeowners that live in those mountains area and those ponderosas that have been, uh, attacked by the bark beetles, a lot Mm. of, you know, just, just matchsticks waiting to go up. Uh, we've got to make sure we've got a clear defensible area and, most of those mountain fires, you know, they're that are man-made aren't by the locals that live up there. No, they <laughs> live in it. It's it's campers coming in. Uh, it's you know careless people. I mean, we've seen Aspen Fire in Tucson was a big fire on Mount Lemon that was started by a cigarette butt. Wallow Fire was started by a couple of campers that walked away from a campfire when the wind was blowing fifty miles an hour. And just a few days after it snowed, that was the biggest fire we've ever had in the state. Rodeo Chetiskai Fire was started by an arsonist and a stranded hiker. Um, so they've started in a variety of ways. The, and the, the Bushnell, the guy's shooting tracer yeah. rounds in the middle of the summer in a dry desert. I mean, that's just... Yeah. Th- there's nothing between the ears at that point. <laughs> no. I mean, it's, and when you, like you start... I mean, of the biggest fires we've had, Cape Creek Complex was started by lightning. Other than that one, it's all been careless people mostly. I mean, there's been some lightning fires, but most of it's been cigarette butts, uh, you know, the campers leaving campfires, uh, you know, arson and stuff like that. So keep your properties clear. Start weeding. If you don't have time, hire a professional. There's plenty of people out there and you don't even really need a professional uh, to clear a lot of weeds. If you're applying chemicals for pre-emergence, you need special licenses for that. Mm -hmm. And we do have weed applicators at Rosie on the House dot com that can help you clear that out but i mean i <laughs> i went out and bought a bush hog yeah. for our property in whitman we're on five acres in whitman and the weeds are taller than me in some areas yeah. i got a, a bush hog and cut it cut it all down to two inches so now i've got all this little two inch dead stubble yeah. that i'm letting the the goats and uh eat up the rest of well we've got i mean and it, honestly right now it doesn't matter where you live in the state i mean it used to be okay high country timber you know and it's a good idea anywhere you're at right now if you've got dead brush on your property leaves pine needles 
uh, you know, anything dead, get rid of it. And this weekend's perfect weather to do it. I mean, it's going to be in the 80s. You know, it's crystal clear skies out there right now. You know, a few hours of work honestly could save your house. Uh, and clear it back 30 feet at a minimum. Some people clear it back 100. And it gives your house a better chance of, if it's free of all the dead stuff on your property. gives that house a better chance of surviving a fire, and it gives the firefighters a big-time better chance at saving that house because they can get into it, and it's not going to be, you know, uh, what they would be up against if there was just a lot of dead trees and limbs and needles around it. So. And an interesting thing, a lot of people in the northern uh, mountain communities, they have propane tanks outside their home, and that's yeah. their heat. This time of year, a lot of them are empty. We've gone through the cool, uh, the winter season, and we've used it for our heating. We'll go ahead and refill that now. Um, mm -hmm. A full propane tank is actually less likely to cause any problems than one that's empty. Yeah. And I've, I've been into the fires where those things go off, and you can hear them from miles away. It sounds like a bomb going off. I mean, <laughs> I they, are, bet. they are loud. <laughs> so hopefully every, we get through it okay. Hopefully we get through it okay. Be smart, be safe. And is there a way to report reckless behavior if you're out and you see it? Do you call um, a local fire chief? Do you call um, – who do you call if you, you see careless behavior you want to report? Forest Service, BLM, State Forestry. Uh, if you're out in you know the woods and stuff, and out in the open desert, those are probably the best to call. In the city, uh, you know your local fire department. If you see somebody being really reckless, you know burning garbage in their backyard when it's 110 <laughs> degrees and stuff like that, I'd call the local fire department. Um, if, and if you are out in the open and you see a wildfire, 911, and and try to give that dispatcher as much information about where that fire is located. You know, how big you think it might be, maybe not acres, just, okay, it's not a small fire, it's a big fire. Uh, maybe how high the flames are, how high the wind's blowing, and give them a much, but again, give them very specific details about where that fire is at, and they'll have a better chance of getting the crews and everything out there on it. We've got a great state. We've had a great wet weather uh, season that's provided a beautiful scenery. Let's keep it that way. Absolutely. No more fires this year. No more big fires. I've covered you, enough of them the last heat? 17 years. <laughs> if you see a lot of smoke and it smells good, just go over to the neighbor and go, hey, hold on a plate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is the campaign. Keep keep Cross comfortable. We don't want you out on the road. <laughs> we want you on the yeah. couch. Keep Cross on the couch so he doesn't have to go. We don't want you out reporting on any fires yeah. this season. <laughs> it's a beautiful state. I don't want to see any more of it lost in fires. Well, so. thanks for spending a few more minutes with us this Saturday morning. And sure. Uh, what do you got in store the rest of the weekend? You got projects yourself? I got, I'm going to actually do a little yard work today. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do. I think I'm going to plant my peppers finally. Uh, I'm off for the next week, which is kind of nice. Um, it, it's kind of nice not to have to do much, except <laughs> the stuff I want to do. So it's fun. Very good. And we've got this little front that's come through. Give us a nice, we had a 90 day earlier this week and the little wind brought in some some cooler temperatures. You got a great week to get stuff done around your house. Kind of, yeah. probably the last one until September, October of this of this temperature. I think yesterday was what seventy five, and it felt like all day. This is it. We have had, <laughs> we got spoiled this winter. We had a wet winter. We had a mild temperature winter. This spring, I mean, we've had two ninety seven degree days. Last year at this time, we were a hundred or more. So yeah, we've we've been really lucky. It's been great. If, if if it was this nice all the time, we wouldn't be a state of 10 million. We'd be a state of 20 million. <laughs> oh, at least. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Drillsy on the house with you every Saturday morning.
beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. Generally, we have our weekly home maintenance how-to there in the third segment, but with Jim Cross and uh, the fire season and threat, we thought that was a little more important. You can get your monthly to-dos at rosieonthehouse.com. It's fridge maintenance, cleaning up your fridge, cleaning the coils, cleaning the water filter, cleaning out old food. Now, that doesn't need a whole lot of explanation, but uh, you can program that in your Rosie on the House Home Zada app, and it helps keep you up to date with your weekly to-do so that uh, we're constantly maintaining and keeping our home uh, clean and operable position. It's a lot easier to handle one to-do a week than 52 to-dos at the end of the year. But whatever you do with technology, make sure you understand it before it costs you. woman in Oregon, Washington County, Oregon, called the police department. This should be like when technology fails because a burglar locked themselves in her bathroom. Police swarm the house. No response from the bathroom. Ten minutes later, kick down the door, guns blazing, burst inside to find the Roomba vacuum cleaner. Oh, don't fire. Don't light a match. Well, when you gotta go, don't squeeze the Charmin. Called the police because their vacuum was in the bathroom. Cleaning. We found clean floors in a vacuum. Understand the technology you have. We've got a special guest on the line, though. We've got the Sabo Home Show going on for all of uh, southern Arizona and Tucson. And I understand the tri-tips are already cooking. You can I smell can... it from here. Oh, oh. I, always, I always get two. One I eat that day and one I throw in the... And the freezer, but we've got uh, Mike Maddox of Connecticut joining us on the line. Do we have uh, Mike? Good morning, Romy. How are you doing this morning? Good. How are you, sir? Oh, the tri tips are smelling great. I'm telling you right on that one now. <laughs> they they never go wrong. That's the premier home show in the state. We've been to them all, and uh, no one does it better than Saba. And we had a call this week from a homeowner, and we thought, well, you know, this is. This is pertinent enough. We'll just bring Connecticut on uh, to solve it because y'all are at the home show. But you're not the only water treatment at the home show. And this question was in particular to one that cleans the water with magnets. Well, the, the magnets that are out there, I, the magnets themselves, you know, Romy, you, you can do so many things. There's so many different widgets and gidgets out there, you just never know. But to really get rid of the water hardness, you're going to have to have an ion exchange water treatment system. And Connecticut, as you know, we've been around since 1970. We're licensed, bonded, insured contractors. We're certified, NSF certified. So please, whatever you do out there, folks, check everything out before you do anything. And we get calls back all the time like, oh, the big guys don't want it because they're just scared of this technology and they want to ignore it. I'm like, that's, that's the most ridiculous thing. The big guys have the money. If your product was worth anything, they'd come give you a fortune for the patent on it. Absolutely. <laughs> So what does an ion exchange do? How does that soften the water? Well, my name is Michael, and I'm with Kinetico also. And what ion exchange does, when the water passes through a resin bed, the resin pulls all the hardness, the minerals, out of the water, and it attaches it to the resin. And that's the ion exchange process. So then the water can go into your home free of those nasty buildups that you always find everywhere. And so that's how you clean the water up. 
The other thing, Romy, with that ion exchange, a lot of the, the electronic water softeners, I'm not going to mention no names out there, they'll use a lot of water and a lot of salt. With Connecticut, we clean with soft water. It's completely different than anybody else out there in the industry. So we're using almost 80% less than any other company in the industry. So check it out. I keep, you're going to hear me say this over and over. There's so much going on in my industry after 35 years' experience. And there's no shortage either. There's water, not only just uh, the treatment of it, but as a resource together, it's, it's only going to increase from here. Uh, but in addition to softening it, once it's softened, we then purify it for drinking. It's, uh, it, I'm not a water snob. People call, I'm just a water purist. All I want to drink is just water. I don't want floaties or taste or smell. <laughs> We want to pull the chlorine out of the water also. That's usually the taste that people have, and a lot of people say they can smell that chlorine in the showers. And so we're going to do two things. We're going to take all the hardness out of the water, and we're going to remove all the chlorine. And then we're going to come in with the K5 drinking water station in the kitchen area, which, again, is rated number one out there in Consumer Report now. It's just it's unbelievable because it uses so little maintenance and so many. Anybody can change their own filters. It's just it's something that's very uh economical for everybody out there and that gets brings the water down to bottle water quality using very little of any kind of maintenance out there and when we're talking bottle water i use uh you know one of those stainless steel ones to just you know completely eliminate uh try and i try not to have any plastic bottle waste uh, but at times when i refill it when i'm in town because at home you know we've got our our system and it, the water comes from a well so it's not uh, treated by any municipality if I have to fill it up in town oh you, you put your nose over to take a drink and you're like Ooh. <laughs> well that's what we want to do we want to clean up that water and we're going to give you the best water really bottled water they don't have very many regulations on bottled water so you never know what you're going to really get yeah and there's plenty of stories about the un you know, bottled water and it unpurified and you know the cost cutting measures that are taken to you know make a make a penny off of a dollar water bottle absolutely there's a bottled water company out there that's really giving you la water la city water isn't that special (laughs) well people they seem to like it because they just don't really know well, you can. The, the great news about this is with Connecticut and the, the technology today, we've got the ability to manage the water on our property, the water that goes through our homes, uh, clean water, soft water, uh, extends the life of all of our plumbing systems, everything that uses water, uh, and then the cleaning of showers and windows, and you know, to, to clean it without, to use water that doesn't have minerals in it, only makes your job easier. It sure does, and you're going to use a lot less cleaning products. And one thing about Connecticut, you're going to have soft water 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, because we always give you soft water. You'll probably notice that people out there right now that have water softeners, they think that they're, I mean, they're water softeners. They regenerate themselves, and that regenerate, that's a word for they just clean out those resin beds, and they're going to do that at nighttime because it's going to take them maybe 60 to 80 gallons of water to do that and maybe an hour and a half to two hours to get those resin beds clean. And we're going to do it with seven gallons of water in 11 minutes. Mike Rogers and Mike Maddox of Connecticut at the Saba Home Show today and tomorrow. The show will be open here in about four and a half minutes. Get to Saba. Get that tri-tip.